Okay, we're back. Episode three. Episode three. And I'm really excited about this one because I think this is really like the whole basis as to why we're, why we're even doing this. Yeah, so we've talked both in our descriptions and in our intro episode about um, breaking the stigma and how this is really a passion for both of us as clinicians. And so um, this whole episode is going to be about the stigmas and um, what we can do to change the course of like language and education on uh, mental health and how we can begin to really help people. Yeah, I mean, so stigma in general. I mean, there's stigma on everything. And to be honest with you, like, as a human being, like, you're naturally going to stigmatize things. I mean, you're going to have a prejudgment on something um, before you know that much about it. And there is this prejudgment on mental health. And it's often um, put into, like, a negative light. It's often um, conceived as it's something that's, like, not okay it's not within the norms of society to have issues with your mental health so let's back up just a little bit and talk about what actually a stigma is yeah the stigma do you need me to like term that google the definition (laughs) i think we both know enough about I just didn't know if we needed, like, I didn't know if we needed, like, a Merriam-Webster, like, definition. We need to calm down, Gen (laughs) X. (laughs) So, Gen X, (laughs) respect your elders. (laughs) So, the idea of stigma that we're, the definition of stigma that we're using here, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Boomer, but, uh... (laughs) She really just went there. All right, millennial. millennial. All right, I'm millennial. Um, we're talking about uh, stigma in the sense of the generalized, like overarching terms, themes, behaviors, uh, appearances of a certain people group. So we might talk about how a certain ethnic group might talk, might act, might. Um, culturally engage, might um, use certain language. And so these stigmas also translate beyond ethnic group, but also Mm -hmm. into, um, you know, diagnoses for mental health issues or Mm -hmm. a group of people who, uh, you know, look a certain way, dress a certain way, listen to a certain type of music. Yep. Um, We see the term hipster come around a lot, and Mm -hmm. that is definitely a stigma that comes along. Just so that you guys know, we have a guest today. Yeah. My dog is here today. So last week we had... We Our had, producer Greta is unable to make it today. So, so we, have we have a guest producer named Penny Lane. Yeah, Penny Lane is here. Penny Lane. Yeah, here she is. I know she's very adorable. And you, see, now she's just... Penny is... Uh, she's an active senior. She's, uh, <laughs> she's a senior. She's an active senior. And she is very affectionate and expects you to be very affectionate as well. Yes, so, and very aggressive when she wants pets. Penny's extra like her mommy. Oh, and, Jesus. And uh, just, she just wants I a little I did raise her. Down. Yeah. She wants a little rubs. So Penny Lane is here as our guest producer. Um, we locked her out for a second, but she was not pleased she with was, the audio she was really, yeah. without her being in the room. So. Yeah, she was really upset. She's like, why can't I be a part of this? Greta was a part of this. Yeah, it's like she, she's like, but I'm older. 
right? Well, she's a stage manager, and she needs to be able to... She needs to be able to be here. You yeah. know, engage with the, okay. with the crew. So, yeah, so stigma. So now that we have, like, a... Do you have anything to add to the stigma thing? No, I think you nailed it. Okay. Without looking it up, it's good. It's amazing. It's like I know what it means. It's amazing. <laughs> um... So we're really interested in talking about that today, dissecting it a little bit. Um, the mental health stigma is a subsect of that overarching definition, and I think that mm-hmm. um, it's important for us to kind of define that for you guys so that we know what we're talking about and why we're talking about it, because there is a problem, and we're here to shed some light on that. And I think what's in, I, I think we're, where we should start, um, the stigma surrounding just therapy in general. Like, yeah. what therapy is in general. Um, one of my first TikTok posts I made was about the fact that you don't need to be crazy to go to therapy. Like, there's this stigma surrounding needing to go to therapy in terms of you have to be in a crisis. Um, it's, it's you have to be crazy, quote unquote. Something has to be really, really wrong. And then, you know, you hear people, like, the, the, the common jargon, oh, uh, oh, you need a therapist or you should go to therapy. Like, it's a bad thing. Like, it's a punishment. Like, it's something that, like, you have to do when, like, you, you don't have, like, your shit together. It's like, like the final straw. Yeah, like the final straw. Sh- the resort. breaking point. Like, <laughs> you need a therapist where, I mean, let's be realistic. Someone telling you that you need therapy because your shit's not together probably doesn't have their shit together either. Well, and it probably doesn't feel too good, but is it a negative thing? Not necessarily. I mean, somebody who you're discussing your skin problems with, who's telling you, well, maybe you should see a dermatologist. It's no different than that. Exactly. Though, and it also doesn't feel good then. But you can say, well, you're right. I do have this recurring issue, and, you know, I probably should seek a professional. Yeah, and I I, I mean, I, I played into the stigma in my own life. Like, before I even became a therapist, when I started going to therapy, and I, I think I might have mentioned it in um, the first episode, like, I thought initially oh my gosh, I can't go see a therapist. I'm not crazy. Does this mean I'm crazy that I need to see a therapist? And I really did think that. And that was 13 years ago. So, you know, that's where my my head was at then. So I can only imagine what some people might think. And, you know, I okay. So, like, I'm not even, like, touching on, like, the... Well, I am going to, like... The elephant in the room is that I am older than Danielle. Danielle's from a completely different generation. Um, and I am older than her. So back when I was younger, when I was a teenager, like, and we didn't even, the, the thought of going to therapy, I mean, it was, it was, and I know, I know you're going to talk about this later because this is, is going to get you heated, but like, I don't need to shrink. Like, I know she's getting oh. her face. Like, oh. She's going to get so mad. And like, but back then, like, it's not something that was as common or as, uh, as like widely spoken as it is now. And now this younger generation, even th- this Gen Z generation, that's even younger than, than, Danielle, which is crazy, but... <laughs> I'm really not as young as I sound or look, I promise. <laughs> I I'm, I'm an educated, <laughs> credentialed I human just, being. I just, I just say that just because it... <laughs> I'm sorry, I apologize. Everybody thinks um, that yesterday, and this... <laughs> Just, this is a whole other sidebar, but yesterday I got a delivery, and you needed someone of a certain age to sign for the delivery, and the delivery guy asked me if I was over 21, and I said, yeah, I'm 30, and he goes, no shit, really? In my home, which I own. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, like, put off. I'm like, I'm a grown-up. <laughs> Don't tell me. I know, and everyone who uh, everyone who follows, like, um, we're really going off on a tangent here. We are, yeah. So let me let me get back. 
Um, so it is. So this younger generation, and I work with a lot of teens, and I love working with the teenage population. And what I love the most about the teenage population is that they love the fact that they have a therapist. Like they're like that. Their, their conversations be like, "What did your therapist say?" Well, my therapist said this, and yeah. I love it. And I see that a lot on TikTok. Um, in in the mental health community there and they are so they they advocate for mental um treating your mental health and it's so amazing and like my younger clients are like oh this is great oh look my therapist is on tiktok my therapist has a podcast like i think it's amazing so i i really got to give props like people want to say whatever they want to say about like the younger generation but they really are breaking a lot of barriers as far as like breaking that stigma they really are behind it they definitely are. I mean, the the world of therapy right now, and we can save this for another episode, but the world of therapy now is very different than it was, and I'm not as old or decrepit as Christina. <gasps> she did not. What did I tell you about respecting your elders? This is not... So, I'm not as old as Christina is, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> When I started in therapy, I was 17, um, and there was definitely still, nobody I knew was in therapy. There was definitely still um, mm-hmm. a very strong stigma surrounding therapy, mental health as a whole. Um, I remember talking to people at school who were, like, spreading rumors about, oh, so-and-so's at a spa for a month. It's like, no, they're in rehab, and that's fine, but, like... It's definitely not a spa. Not a spa. (laughs) Um, But that's, like, legitimately the way that the environment that I grew up in was. Like, Mm -hmm. you didn't talk about therapy. You didn't go to therapy. You were at a spa for a month if you, like, needed to go away to a facility. So, the... The comfortability of talking about mental health, mental health care, and whether or not you need something was definitely, when we were growing up, not what it is now. So while it's a beautiful thing that people are comfortable talking about therapy Mm -hmm. and about their mental health, there is generations upon generations, basically everyone except Gen Z and younger, who is really struggling with, um, is therapy actually what I need? Can I talk about this with anybody What's actually happening in my mind? Am I allowed to share these thoughts with people? Because it's always been such taboo for us. Yeah. And that actually bring that it's actually a really good segue into some of the things that we did want to talk about. Why is there a stigma? And a lot of the reason why there is a stigma is not just the fact that therapy is this taboo topic, but it's how people in society um, express uh, using mental illness, the terms of using mental illnesses or diagnoses, how they misuse these terms and how they, they become like a, a misrepresentation of what it actually is. People tend to latch on to buzzwords. So yeah. um, a lot lately you'll see trending um, buzzwords of like narcissist or like gaslighting or like I'm so bipolar or like mm-hmm. I'm so OCD about this or about that. Um, nicknames for therapists, um, such as, like, shrink. I'm guilty of it. I actually recently found, I don't know if I told you this, but I recently found, um, an old journal that I used right around the time that I was, I had stopped therapy and was, like, not in a good place. And I had actually used the word shrink in my journal. How dare you? Oh, my God. My I was goodness. mortified reading it. I was mortified. <laughs> that is one of my, like, pet peeves. Like, I am not a shrink. 
Like, I hate I don't, that I've term. I've never gone to a show. I hate it. I hate it. Um, and so, like, part of what we want to talk about today is breaking down some of those actual terms. Where do they come from? Why are we using them? Why do people still think it's okay? Mm-hmm. And, like, what can we do to sort of shift the language so that it's a little bit more inclusive, more accepting, and a little less negative Yeah. when we're talking about um, mental health care? It's so frustrating. Um, I actually... This is actually... So if anyone is is on within the, the TikTok community, um, in the mental health community on that side of TikTok... Um, you understand that this is a, this is definitely an issue, and a lot of us therapists speak out about this. Um, for example, I can't tell you like how many times someone has said I've heard someone say like, "Oh my God, you must be bipolar." Like if you have a mood swing, like people think that like just because you're having a mood swing, which let me normalize, is perfectly human and completely okay to have. You are allowed to be in a bad mood. but Well, you're also allowed to have emotional reactions to things. Right. You could be having a great day and somebody could say something to you that just sets you off. There's nothing wrong with getting upset over that. But a lot of people will use language such as, like, oh, he's so bipolar, she's so bipolar, or, like, Mm -hmm. what's wrong with you? You must be bipolar. Like... (laughs) No, I have emotions. Right, exactly. And, and and it's actually incredibly invalidating to those who really struggle with bipolar disorder. It's yeah. incredibly invalidating to them um, because it is very real, people who do struggle with bipolar disorder. So if you are one of those people and you hear someone misusing that term, it does it, it could definitely make you feel... Well, and correct to the people that you're around. If somebody thinks that they have the authority to say you must be so bipolar and you are someone who has a diagnosed like bipolar disorder Mm -hmm. that you're either being treated for or not but are aware of say something Mm -hmm. like that's not at all what bipolar disorder Mm -hmm. is i'm gonna get down to some signs ah there she goes (laughs) bipolar disorder um comes in type one and type two there is a type of bipolar disorder that is the classic manic depressive that people like to talk about. Mm-hmm. That is very highs, this mania, and very lows, depression. I could get into the details. I don't think it's necessary right now. There's another type of bipolar disorder that is hypomanic mm-hmm. and depressive. Hypomania is not as extreme as mania, but not as normal as your baseline. And then there's the depression is still there. Um, you might hear that called like a depressive bipolar. Um, mm-hmm. Bipolar disorder, even a rapid, a rapid cycling bipolar disorder, does not fluctuate minute to minute. Right. They fluctu- a rapid cycling bipolar might be mm-hmm. like one week to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a really short cycle. There are people who have six months of a yeah. manic episode followed by six months of a depressive episode or vice versa. Mm-hmm. There might be, like, months and months of months where people are, like, totally their baseline. Like, normal, no mm-hmm. episodes, functioning really well. That doesn't mean that they're not bipolar. It means that they're not in an episode. Right. Exactly. This is a chemical imbalance. Yeah. The reason why people are medicated for bipolar disorder is because the medication is regulating the chemicals that leads them on these high highs and low lows. Mm-hmm. If somebody is moody, me. If somebody definitely you. <laughs> it's so moody. I am moody. 
Moody. <laughs> you're so moody. Don't hate, but I'm not bipolar. No. And, like, I am not saying that I'm not bipolar because I think it's a bad thing. I'm saying I'm not bipolar because, legitimately, I'm not bipolar. Right. And I won't take that away from somebody who's chemically diagnosed right. by a professional and treated as bipolar. And the other thing, too, is the misuse of the term manic. Just because someone is, like, in a hyper mood... <laughs> It happens. We all get hyper and get amped up. I certainly do. Or excited or motivated. Yeah. Or does it mean that they're manic? And it, it really, it upsets me because someone who experiences manic episodes, I mean, there's a lot of consequence that comes with that. And to just say, just because you're like excited or you're amped up or motivated, to, you're not manic necessarily. So it does take away from that person because people... If, if, you, if someone actually has education on people who experience manic episodes, there's a lot of destruction that can happen in those episodes that is harmful to that person or to the people around them. So let's define mania for a second so that people understand what it actually yeah. looks like. And that way, if you're one of those people who are struggling with extreme fluctuations over a, uh, an extended period of time, mm-hmm. you might be able to get an idea about, should I be asking for help for this? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, my symptoms aren't just moodiness. Mm-hmm. So mania can look like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Um, some symptoms could include uh, excessive spending, hypersexuality, mm-hmm. a lack of ability to sleep, uh, little need for rest, high energy, irritability. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that, pretty much covers it those are some those are some major symptoms um you may see aggression yeah with with mania um but of course like someone who's experiencing mania could have a few of those symptoms and not all of them it doesn't mean that it's not a manic episode exactly so yeah because i mean if you think about it in terms like there's criteria that needs to be met and you know you don't have to meet all the criteria to be experiencing that episode right same with like hypomania so hypomania is not quite as extreme but it's still above the baseline so you may have a little bit more energy you Mm -hmm. may um be spending a little bit more you may be um slightly more sexual it's just Mm -hmm. not nearly as extreme right yeah, so, I mean, basically, our whole point is is that people throw these terms around to describe... Ba- and, 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 and another thing, too, which I could take this even a step further, these are... Having an emotional reaction to something is a basic human interaction, like it's a ba- basic human reaction. So having an emotional reaction, I mean, that's and that's okay too. But to tell someone, it's almost invalidating a person who's not diagnosed by saying, "Oh my gosh, there must be quote unquote something wrong with you because you're experiencing this or you're acting this way or you're behaving in this way." So it's also invalidating a person who's just going through um, a, a mood and having a bad mood and basically telling them that like um there's something quote i'm i'm quoting it because there's nothing wrong with having a diagnosis of any kind but there's also nothing wrong with having an emotion exactly when people are saying well you must be bipolar or like you know what's wrong with you or whatever you're basically Mm -hmm. saying like your emotions are invalid because i don't agree with them or understand them and so you must be wrong or dysfunctional in some way exactly and it's it's just it's ridiculous even even danielle mentioned the narcissist and gaslighting and that is a huge right now and i know this for a fact because i posted a video on tiktok about um well it was about emotional abuse and it was about 
mainly gaslighting and reactive abuse, which could be a whole nother episode, which likely will be a whole nother episode. But I posted it and it almost went viral as viral it was viral enough for me. <laughs> so it wasn't it, viral. It just means that she got a lot of likes. And I got a lot of likes and, and views on it. And because it is very relevant and, and, and I have, I don't want to take that away. It, it's the, it's, you know, the first time people are actually really talking about this. Um, and it's very, very real. Um, and then I saw a post one time, this one girl was talking about how, um, just because someone doesn't call you back or they ghost you doesn't mean they're a narcissist. First of all, stop it because narcissistic abuse is very, very real and get being treated and being gaslighted is actually very real too so when you're misusing these terms it's invalidating the people who have been through this type of abuse which is actually a very severe type of abuse and also you know narcissists everyone thinks that like a narcissist just because you have a confidence or maybe you're a bit on the arrogant side or like cocky or whatever doesn't mean you're a narcissist a narcissist is this inflated sense of self and it doesn't necessarily mean that just because someone is you know quote full of themselves that they're narcissistic and I've seen that getting we're thrown also, around a lot we're also talking about now a whole different section of diagnoses personality disorders in and of themselves are a whole different beast yeah, I mean that's somebody, a whole other episode yeah I mean somebody who's narcissistic is also experiencing um you know a, a greater <laughs> it's a reactive attachment based yeah. issue that ends up being something that like is directly affecting, like, empathy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, like, not a term to throw around. Exactly. And the same thing with gaslighting. Gaslighting is a pretty specific behavior. It's a pretty specific manipulation tactic that's used in emotionally abusive relationships. Um, and when I say relationship, I mean um, an intimate Any relationship. Sort of. Yeah, friendship, family. It, it comes up across across the gamut. But it... It's not just someone doesn't agree with you. It's it, and and so and I see that. And the reason why I'm saying it is because I see that. So these stigmas get placed on these terms because people misuse them, and it's it's very very frustrating because I just feel like it invalidates the people who have been through those types of situations. Can we take a second to talk about shrinks? It's eating at me. Go I'm for di- it. I'm dying. So. The invalidation that these stigma words cause is not limited to people who are not professional. So, uh, just a little backstory. I didn't realize how much this actually bothered me until, um, until this past summer when I was not watching Good Morning America like I should have and was watching some other channel whatever I just watched the Golden Girls in the morning and I have to be honest I have to be like this was ballsy move on her part I have to be real honest and I'm about to call somebody out and like I don't really care because I feel pretty strongly about this so I'm watching Hoda and Jenna really just for some background noise because they aggravate me (laughs) but somewhere along the lines I don't even remember what the topic was because I started to see red. (laughs) Hoda refers to a shrink in a serious, genuine tone. Like she thought that using that word was okay. I was infuriated. So when I look back at, um, at some old like journals and things that 
I had written, like, right after my first stint in therapy, um, I also use that language. And now fully understanding where that term comes from and the context that people generally use it, I am... I fall into this category as a professional, as a quote-unquote shrink, and I'm offended by this. So So offensive. It is offensive. So a little background on what a shrink is. Um, The nickname shrink came from uh, the term head shrinker. Essentially, someone saying that if you're going to a clinician for mental health care, they're brainwashing you. Yeah. When in reality, what's happening is we're working with our clients, meeting them where they are, trying to figure out what we can do to help their dysfunctional characteristics become a functional aspect of who they are. Exactly. And you're telling me that that's shrinking your mind, that that's brainwashing you? Like, last time I checked, therapy opened my mind. 100%. The importance of discussing, like, um... Stigmas like this is because, like, speaking firsthand as professionals, I can say, and I'll speak for myself, not Christina, but I can say that um, I am very passionate about my work. I care very deeply about my clients, about the quality of work that I provide, Mm -hmm. about the efficacy of my care, about the ethical quality of my behavior as a professional. And for someone to say that I'm a shrink like I'm brainwashing my clients goes it's diametrically opposed to everything that I stand for as a professional oh I I feel very invalidated yeah absolutely and I agree too and I think I think what's even the most disheartening thing about it is it was said in a in a public forum that in a serious forum as if it's okay as if yeah and it it is invalidating and I love what I do. I, I work hard at what I do. I am passionate. Um, and most of all, I love the people I work with. I mean, so to invalidate them for, for even for wanting to get quote brainwashed, I, it's just, it, it, it's heartbreaking to see. And, you know, part of the reason why I created a social media presence and Danielle and I decided to do this podcast was because of stuff like that, <laughs> that there is media out there that is, um, painting this picture that it is wrong to get therapy, to get help. They're painting this picture that to, you have to get your head shrunk. It's you're getting brainwashed. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard. Like I'm starting to get heated now just thinking about it. Well, it just makes me so mad. Like, I do have to say though, that like, you know, that our inner therapist needs to come out here and remember that these are people who probably have not been educated probably. about what it actually means. I mean, let's let's look at the reality of this. We're talking about a major morning show right. who is focused on being um, inclusive, politically correct, helpful in the information that they mm-hmm. provide, and entertaining on top of all of that. They're not intentionally trying to be offensive. No. But that's almost what's so upsetting yes. is that these people are not trying to be offensive, but our world is saying that this stuff is okay. Right, exactly. And it's not. That's actually a really good point, yes. I don't think their intention was to be offensive, but the fact of the matter is. By no is means. That she was being, the, the context in which she would use the term yeah. was not negative. Right. Yeah, I agree. But it's the term and the negative connotations. I mean, we're very focused, um, and we can keep going on about this, but we're very focused in a lot of different areas about um, stigmatizing terms outside of the mental health field Mm -hmm. and what is and is not okay for certain people groups to use language-wise 
why aren't we just as careful with our mental health care and um and the yeah. terms that we use to describe it or to mm-hmm. describe the people that we love yeah absolutely absolutely all right we're gonna cut to a commercial real quick and we will be back with more information on stigma hopefully less heated I need a break from home. I need to calm down just a little bit. Yeah. I need to do some grounding skills real quick. (laughs) We'll be back. All right. So another, another, uh, disorder that comes up a lot that people misuse is OCD. But I swear if I had a dollar for every time I heard someone say like, oh my God, you're so OCD just because someone is perhaps maybe organized or like th- likes things done in a particular way, um, I can probably um, buy something like a really expensive car or something if I maybe, I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Um, I was going to say something inappropriate and then I stopped, but um, <laughs> I just did. Um, but you know, obsessive compulsive disorder, which is OCD, is not an it's not an adjective to describe someone. It's it's something that someone experiences. It's something that someone experiences in due to their anxiety. Well, it's also a very complex disorder that yes. shows up in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. Exactly. Um, OCD is there's several different components. There's the obsessive component, the Mm -hmm. compulsive component, and then the combination of them both, which could be over a plethora of different things. Absolutely. So it's really not fair just because somebody's organized or particular about how they keep their home or how they keep their car or, you know, doing things in a certain way. I mean, could there be some pathology there? Yeah. Are you, like, qualified to say? Right. No. No. (laughs) No. So stop doing that. Like it's, Christina and, and I work with people that we actually have to give diagnoses to, and we even take a pretty extended amount of time before we decide whether or not a diagnosis is even appropriate yeah. for someone. So for you, an uncredentialed person who does not have a background in mental health to just tag people with these terms is really very unfair to the individual. Oh, it's so unfair to the individual. And it's it's like, I keep bringing up the word invalidating because people really do struggle with obsessive compulsive disorder and they are diagnosed. And a lot of people work very, very hard to manage those symptoms. So to just like basically just say to someone, oh, you're so OCD without even having any background of what it is, it's not only insulting to the person who actually has obsessive compulsive disorder it's insulting to the person who maybe they just like things done in a certain way like why is that bad why are we so judgmental upon people for and immediately want to go to a diagnosis like oh my gosh like there's a pathology there something's wrong with you I mean it could very easily be something like we can talk about me in the kitchen Mm -hmm. that for me is a family cultural thing I can't say for sure that it's a blanket cultural thing, but my family culture, listen, (laughs) if you're in the kitchen and you're cooking, don't come over. Don't get in my kitchen. Don't touch anything that I'm doing because I can't guarantee that my response won't be violent. Yeah. And I can definitely say I am quite content sitting down and watching her cook and not getting in the kitchen. (laughs) I just like, I get in my zone. I have my groove. I have my way of doing things. My kitchen is small, but I Mm. personally don't think it really matters how big the kitchen is. Just stay out of my way. Yeah. Just don't be in the kitchen. There's other things to be doing. (laughs) But, and that would be incredibly invalidating to Danielle if I said, oh my God, you're so OCD. Why can't I be? I mean, like... Well, and that would probably escalate me. Yeah, it would probably escalate her even more. And you don't want to escalate her, trust me. 
I've seen her escalated. It's not pretty. <laughs> It's not, it's not a pretty We setting. can talk about my temper in another episode. So more, yeah. We can have a whole episode on Danielle's temper and the issues there. But I can talk about my own. So I, I'm, not, I'm not throwing stones, trust me. Um, another thing, um, and the last one I, I wanted to address, and I'm sure that there's many more. Uh, like, oh my gosh, it's there's endless. There's so many more. It's endless. But these are the ones that Danielle and I, we collectively, just between the two of us, agree this is what we co- most commonly heard misused, is um, depressed. Oh my God, I'm so depressed. Oh my God, you, you, why are you so depressed? Just because somebody might be sad or having a bad day or having a bad week or, listen or whatever. Or to like really like easy music. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember in high school, like I was like a big fan of the Smiths. <laughs> People were like, why are you so depressed? I'm like, I actually legitimately was depressed, but not like, <laughs> not because I listened to sure the Smiths. I'm not quite sure this is a great example, but go ahead. <laughs> But no, so what we wanted to talk about was that clinical... T- I was emo. Yeah. Leave me alone. Was, there's the millennial. Here For I a am. second, she wasn't a millennial. Like, she was trying to, like, I listened to the Smith, and she's like, I was emo. Well, I was emo. Yeah, you definitely were. I, don't, I didn't even know what that was. I had the haircut and the bangs and the black and neon thing going on. <laughs> this is a sight. Um, <laughs> it was a great haircut. Well, I, I was in the 90s with the side ponytails and the bangs and the... You know. Yeah, we've seen your marching band pictures. Okay, first of all... We'll post okay, those we'll, on the Insta. <laughs> let's, I am very proud of my marching band pictures. Thank you very much. Anyway, we're digressing again, so let me go back to the being depressed. Um, clinical depression is actually a very real thing, um, and it is a very serious thing for a lot of people. And just to say if someone's in a bad mood and they want to like stay in or they don't want to go out because they're in a bad mood and they're sad and they want to cry doesn't necessarily mean that someone's depressed. The severity of depression can absolutely vary. But for some people, physically getting out of bed is actually like painful for them. And to just minimize that by just making it an adjective or a term you call someone who's having um, a sad moment or a bad day is it's invalidating once again to that person who really is struggling with this deep clinical depression. That kind of goes the other way as well, where a lot of times society is coloring depression as this extreme response, an extreme example And so the people who are actually struggling with depression kind of minimize their own feelings and don't take them nearly as seriously as they should be. Mm -hmm. Um, I have worked with healthcare providers who have no joke said to me, oh yeah, Danielle, you're not depressed. You just can't get out of bed in the morning. No big deal. When, when they put it that way, I was like, oh yeah, I can't get out of bed in the morning. It takes me an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Like that's a problem. Absolutely. And, and, and that's where it becomes, because just like any diagnosis, there's criteria, there's scale, there's different, there's different um, factors that come into play. So you definitely need to be aware of that when you are using these terms. And, and I, I have to say, I've used these terms before, before I had education on it. And I'm not saying that if you do misuse some of these terms, that there's something like, that you're bad or like that you're that you're stigmatizing you might not be aware that you're doing it that's part of the reason that we're talking yeah that's is to uh, increase awareness yeah Yeah. one last thing though that before we move into our next section here is um 
I've been really bothered recently by uh, social media's representation of mental health issues as quote-unquote mental illness. When I think of mental illness, I think of like someone like committed for life who's like criminally insane. That's what I think of when I hear mentally ill. Mm -hmm. So because I have mental health diagnoses, I'm mentally ill I feel like I'm functioning fine today. Yeah, I yeah, and I'm really glad that you brought that up. So how ill am I? Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I probably misused that term before too. And I've been trying to come away from that a lot, especially since I've been on social media because I don't like the way it sounds because it sounds almost um, like you're aiding to the stigma with but by saying like an illness. Well, it's victimizing. It's like it makes me feel like if somebody were to call me mentally ill because of my diagnoses, it makes me feel like I am viewed as incapable, as unwell, as unstable, as someone who can't function or care for herself in society. And newsflash, in case you haven't caught on, um, I think I'm I think I'm doing pretty okay. Yeah. So I'm same. I have I have mental health diagnoses, and I'm I don't I'm a, I'm a therapist. Well, <laughs> like, and this and is the value of receiving good yeah, care is exactly. is finding the way that you can function mm-hmm. with whatever is going on. I mean, a lot of what's going on with people out there is a chemical thing that we, no matter how many coping skills we build will never fully move beyond because it's part of our chemical makeup. Yep. And so learning how to be with it rather than against it, embracing this piece of ourselves and, and trying to explore the different things that we can do to function at a higher level. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's really the crux of good mental health care, rather than labeling people as sick. And I really, I, I, I'm going to say this, and I say this all the time. I say this to my clients. I say it on social media. You are not your diagnosis. Just because you have a diagnosis does not make you who you are. Yes, it might be something that you have. Yes, it might be something that you need to manage. But you are still a person. And that also goes in with this stigma that just because you have a diagnosis, that's, that you're ill, like Danielle said, or something's wrong with you. Well, it is just something that you have to manage but you still are an individual at the end of the day it's talking about like you know just to give you like a medical um parallel it's talking about people who are diabetic people who have a thyroid disease Mm -hmm. people who have um ms something that is not going away but needs to be managed they're not ill you can see people i grew up with people who had you know juvenile type 1 diabetes who were right there next to me on the tennis team mm-hmm. who were crossing the bridge with me in Girl Scouts right. and like sitting next to me at lunch and at pep rallies and at, at football games and like nothing was any different if I didn't know if they didn't share this stuff exactly. with me I wouldn't know Exactly. And that brings us to now what do we do? Now we're aware. How do we change that? Yeah, how do we change it? Because now we're aware that these these terms can be misused, that therapy can be stigmatized or going to therapy can be stigmatized. How can we change that? How can we do better as a whole? Because I've had to do better 
in my in my life. I've absolutely had to do better. Mm-hmm. So how can we as a whole do better and educate people around us? Because like what Danielle brought up earlier with the whole Hoda and, and Jenna thing was that they they didn't intentionally want to to make an insult. They didn't know. So they how can being we, hurtful. Right. How could we do better? So a lot of people probably aren't being hurtful either. So how can we do better? Well, I think that we can look at this much like we're looking at a lot of other um a lot of other situations in our political environment where we're heightened in our awareness of political correctness. And so if we're working so hard at those sorts of things, let's work hard at destigmatizing the mental health world. Mm -hmm. So I think it's as simple as switching some language. So just to make it a little bit more clear cut for the people who are listening to Mm -hmm. us, um, we want to give you a few terms to use as an alternative to some of the things that we've already mentioned. Mm -hmm. So instead of calling your therapist a shrink, they're your counselor. They're your therapist. They're your doctor, if they have a doctorate. Right. Although I do have to say, I have some clients who call me doc, and I think that it's awesome. Yeah, Even I've had that happen to me. I'm not a doc, but... I'm not a doc, but, like, I kind of like it. <laughs> and at the... It shows a certain level of respect. Yeah. And at the end of the day, though, you know, Danielle and I, as therapists, or however it is you want to call it, like... We're just people, too. We're just two chicks on a couch. Yeah. So um, using the actual term, I wouldn't call an engineer something other than an engineer. Right, exactly. So why would you call me something other than a therapist or a counselor? My education is in clinical mental health counseling. And then I guess another way, too, is now that we've talked a lot about, like, using these terms incorrectly... Um, just being aware that, you know, when you see someone who's having like a bad day, like just let them be, let them have it, like let them just have a bad day without having to throw out, um, a a term, a a diagnosis that you don't, you don't even know what you're talking about. Right. So somebody who you might ordinarily be like, ugh, they're so OCD. You could say something like they're really particular. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Or, or they're just being really moody. Instead of saying, like, oh, you're so bipolar, or, like, if someone's, like, uh, you know, depressed, oh, you're so, they're just really sad lately. Or they're low, or they're they're blue. Yeah. Or they're feeling like crap. Yeah. Uh, And the other thing, too, and I, you know, I'm going to say it again, like, don't invalidate those people who do have a diagnosis either. And, um, you know, I have one, Danielle has, has one, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. We're still people at the end of the day. So... Whether someone has a diagnosis or not, I mean, using that against them in any way, like I could probably go off on a, on a tangent and people who use that against them. Oh, well, they're they're Oh, there was just an episode. I, I hate saying this because I, I watch The Real Housewives. I do. I'm a Bravo freak. But there was an episode on The Real Housewives in New York. And the one woman made a comment about the other woman being bipolar. Well, she's bipolar. So she should like... Uh, there's no need to put somebody down just because she has a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. It was used, it was, and I don't, I'm not going to get into that, to, this, to the breakdown of what that was about. But, you know, just being aware, like a person is a person at the end of the day. And it doesn't matter if they have a diagnosis or not. It doesn't matter if they see a therapist. Having that stigma placed on someone who goes to therapy is just insulting. It's not only insulting to that person, it's insulting to the entire mental health field. Well, okay, I will, I will say this. I, I will 
She'll, she's going to sit there and rack her brain. I just want to let you guys know that um, for those of you who are listening, for those of you who are listening that maybe are curious about getting therapy, like, it's okay. You are not fucking crazy. I promise you. It is okay. And if you're thinking that it might be something that might benefit you, that is your business. So definitely try and stay away from those stigmas or those judgments. People are always going to judge no matter what. And some people just aren't educated enough to understand exactly what it is. So don't ever deny yourself the opportunity to, to go to therapy just because of what others might think. Don't do that to yourself. You deserve better than that. If you are in need of a therapist and you don't know where to start looking, a great place to start is psychologytoday.com. There's lots of profiles of therapists out there. There's descriptions about the type of therapy they do, the insurance they take. Yes, the insurance they take, the... Modalities. Yeah, the the way that they interact with their clients, you know, the types of specialties that they have. So that is a great place to start. If you get to that point and you are still at a loss, we do have our email listed on our Instagram page at NoBSTherapy, and we are more than happy to point you in the right direction. Sure. Yeah. Last but not least, if you are feeling unwell, if you're feeling like you may hurt yourself, that you're thinking about ending your life, or you know somebody who's feeling that way, please take a listen to the very end of this episode where we provide some information for the National Suicide Hotline. Yep. Also, please don't hesitate to call 911. If you are on our Instagram page, I have a direct phone number posted for mm-hmm. the National Suicide Hotline. And please call. There are people who are available 24 hours a day, 70. So in our next episode, we're going to be discussing even more great stuff that's going to play off of a lot of what we talked about today. So stay tuned. If you or someone you know is at risk for self-harm or is thinking about ending their life, please reach out to the National Suicide Lifeline at 800-273-8255.